Hey everybody, this is episode 90 of the Q&A podcast. We're back, our first podcast recording of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, happy belated new year to you all. Uh, my name is Anthony, sitting right next to me as always, as always, is my pal DeQuincy. Welcome to day, was it day two or three of the government shutdown? I think so. Happy shutdown! Happy shutdown. And like I said, our first recording of the new year, belated happy new year again. Um, of course, life you know, gets in the way, our schedules mm-hmm. don't always sync up where we can record. Um, we weren't able to record earlier in this <coughs> young 2018. Uh, but then also, this past week, we were dealing with a, an ice apocalypse, an ice storm. Uh, what was this? Because the city shut down yeah, for a good three days. It was insane. Um, it was just... Yeah, insane is just the best way to put it. Yeah. Now, Houston, I say, Houston is not equipped for this. Yeah. We're not ready. I want to say to all you people up north who are like, oh, you're shut down because there's snow. First of all, you've had to deal with this kind of weather since America was formed. Okay? <laughs> this is new to us. This is the first time in my lifetime it has snowed twice within a month. We are not prepared for this. We're not built for this. We're not. And you know... First, before we continue, we have so much energy right now mm-hmm. getting into this recording because it's, it's Sunday night, it's a championship Sunday, we're watching the Philadelphia Eagles and Minnesota Vikings, the NFC championship game, mm-hmm. and according to Quincy, it was his second flea flicker that he's seen all day, but yeah. Nick Foles just, uh, threw a, or just got a flea, threw a flea flicker pass to uh, Torrey Smith for a touchdown. It, they're in the third quarter in this current game, and, and Philadelphia is up 31-7. to seven, so Yeah, it looks like Philadelphia about to walk away with this one. It looks like Philly's going to meet up with New England in the Super Bowl 51, I think. Something like that. 51 or 52? 52. 52. Yeah, up in Minneapolis. But um, So that's why we're kind of hyped, hyped <laughs> up, because I was watching that play, and I was like, wow, that's a perfect flea flicker for a touchdown. Like... Boom! Let's get it going. Let's let's start recording because that was a that was a cool play to see. Um, but back to the ice storm, back to the ice apocalypse, back to the snowstorm, whatever you want to call it. I mean, we were fortunate enough to have Martin Luther King Jr. Day off on the fifteenth. Yeah, Mon- Monday. Monday, Monday the fifteenth. Uh, so I was already off. You know, braced the cold. No big deal. The weekend was pretty cold as well. But well, like the whole week before was really cold. It was. Just really cold, but it was a dry, cold air. There yeah. was nothing going on. You could and, still drive. It wasn't a big deal. But then all of a sudden, after Monday, it froze. Like, Houston froze. There was, what, rain and sleet coming down? Snow. There was snow coming Causing, down. Yeah, it caused snow. Uh, the, the roads got iced, and it was just a mess. Mm. It was a mess. I went to work on Tuesday morning, uh, but really not knowing whether or not I should go in. Uh, so, I heard... Tuesday alone, there were over 600 car-related accidents. Tuesday night, I got on the road for a few minutes to go get some food. And I live on the north side of Houston by the Heights. Mm -hmm. I looked on 45 going south. I've never seen it that clear, that (laughs) empty, at 7 o'clock at night on a Tuesday. There were literally no cars traveling southbound on, on 45. There were a few cars going north... I guess just some stragglers. 
And there was a, there was a wreck that was being cleared anyways with a fire truck and you know ambulance. It was nuts. It, I just couldn't believe it. So that was your so Tuesday. I went to that, work. Same here. They Tuesday. kicked us out at one. So Tuesday I went to work. I'll tell you what. Uh, if you don't know, let me remind you, I work for the city of Houston as a mechanic. So Tuesday I went to work, and I live on the south side, mm-hmm. right, like literally across the street from NRG Stadium, and my job is up north um, um, by, it's actually like from your house, like maybe 10, 15 minutes away. It's off of Kelly okay. and Nietzsche's. So usually that's like a 20-minute drive for me. Tuesday, Tuesday morning was fine. I get to work at 6. It's not really a problem. It's just freezing cold. Yeah. They let us go early at about, uh, what was it, about 10 o'clock just because they worry about the freeze mm-hmm. and, and, you know, driving on the roads and people, like I said, 600 accidents just on Tuesday. So, and they canceled the night cruise. They didn't come in. So, Wednesday morning, I wake up. I call my supervisor. I ask him, hey, are we going in? Or we're gonna make it. And he's like, they haven't told us anything, so stay home for right now. Don't drive. The the mayor's look. The mayor say don't drive. I ain't driving. <laughs> You're gonna listen to Sly Turner. Yeah. So I'm uh I'm sitting at I'm not sitting at home. I'm laying in bed, sure. nice and toasted. I'm falling asleep trying to stay up. Literally, I'm asleep. It's like nine thirty. He calls. Boss calls and says, Hey, they gave us the call. We need to come in. I'm like, oh, Okay. Well, I'm gonna die. So I get up, I get dressed, say goodbye to wife and son. I get in the car, and literally I drive all the way there on surface streets. It took me about a good hour to get to work because I just wasn't going to risk it. You know, you got crazy drivers. You got bad weather. I mean, I've said before, Houston drivers can't drive for shit when it's 75 and sunny. I, I <laughs> Dude, I am still mind blown by the sheer stupidity mm-hmm. that that I saw on the road Wednesday morning. I didn't know if I was going to go in. You know, they, they let us out early on Tuesday and Tuesday night I stayed up late because I was like, okay, well, I might not go in. So I'm just going to actually stay up later than usual and just kind of, you know, you know, just hang out, do, you know, watch, catch up on shows and <laughs> stuff like that. And... I, you know, I decided to get up at, you know, like usual on Wednesday mm-hmm. um, because our company's ring line said, your weather line or whatever said, you know, we expect, you know, we want everybody to come in as it's safe, you know, as it becomes safe for you. So I decided, you know, just get up like normal. And usually I'll leave the house around 630 and, or no, between 630 and 7. So any, any time between then. And so I'll get to the office around anywhere between 7.15 and 7.45. So I cut through downtown. I don't take freeways or anything like that. So I decided, okay, well, I stayed up a little late, so I'll sleep in a little extra. Got up in time. Still wasn't sure. Saw Judge Ed Emmett on the news tell people to stay off the road. And, you know, they had the whole crew like they did, you know, during Harvey. Mm -hmm. You know, the whole disaster (coughs) crew was... And all the leaders, you know, the leaders from Harris County were on every news channel telling people to stay home and, and whatnot. And, and, you know, fine. You know, to their, obviously, you know, you want to keep everybody safe. But 7, or, seven o'clock rolls around and I decide, you know what, I'm just going to go in, you know, 
I I don't take the freeways anyways, you know. So it'll take me an extra 20 minutes to get to work. And so, sure, I left at about 7, 10. Mm-hmm. Got to work right at 8. I was in my office by 8, 8 a.m. So I was dog tired, of course, because I stayed up later than usual. And it was a ghost town. <laughs> uh, people in my office, people in my department were trickling in, you know, throughout the day. Um, my boss and some other people that have been around for a while, they all live like out in Pearland and League City and stuff like that. And I live, you know, 25 minutes away. So I was like, when most times when there's, you know, natural disaster going on, ice storms, heavy rains or whatever, uh, I typically go in anyways because it's like, I know they're going to be in. They're not the type of people that are going to call off. If they're in, it's going to look terrible if you don't show A hundred percent. I mean, I live 20, 25 minutes away. Like, I have no treacherous terrain, you know, to, uh, to navigate. <laughs> so, yeah, that, you know, would prevent me from getting there. So, sure enough, everybody came in later on through the day. I was, like, the first guy there, you know, super quiet. But on the way to work that Wednesday morning, downtown was a ghost town mm-hmm. as well. It was insane. But the few people that were on the road with me, I, I just couldn't believe it. There were guys, I could literally see the whites of people's eyes behind me. They were that close to me. And there's literally nobody else around us. And I look back in my mirror and I'm like, what are you doing? This isn't, this is Wednesday during the ice apocalypse. This isn't Wednesday during June when the roads aren't a slick mess you know, iced and whatnot. Why are you so close? There's no reason for you to be this close. I literally said, back off, okay? You need to back off. Cars were still weaving in and out of lanes <laughs> on the ice. I'm like, what is the rush? Dude, I couldn't believe how many people were still doing that. I was going 25 miles the whole way. It's like, what are you rushing to get? Are you rushing to get to your job? Because you don't need to. If your job's not giving you hazard pay for today, you need a new job. Yeah. I got hazard pay on Thursday. That's how quick the city is. They put that in. <laughs> I checked. I was putting in vac- my vacation. And I looked at my time. They had already put it in. They were like, yeah, we did the math. This is when you couldn't come in. Yep. But going back to uh, Wednesday. So Wednesday, like I said, we got there. Um, I got there around 1030. Uh, most of the other mechanics filed in around 11, 11, 15. And so we go across the street um, from the shop. We go across the street where they park the trucks. They have the trailers, the um, the automation trucks, which are the big ones that grab the trash cans mm-hmm. and dump them in. Um, and the uh, the rear steers, they're the ones that you see with the arm on the back that lifts up trash into the trailers. For heavy trash? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we go and we're starting all the trucks, make sure they're run. And just about all of them starts like only about one or two that I don't give a from, but that's the normal thing. So the drivers start pile, start coming in around noon. And they told, one of the drivers told me that they were told they have to finish their route by five o'clock or else they have to work Sunday. Whew. And I want you to think about that. They got to finish in five hours routes that normally take them eight, not even eight. eight Sometimes ten. these guys are out there 10, 12 hours. Also, some of these trucks can't get on the freeway because mm-hmm. of weight restrictions or, you know, turn. It's, 
it's iced off and the arrows are blocked off. So I was like, oh, I guess somebody will see you guys Saturday because it won't be me. I mean, Sunday. <laughs> I did work Saturday, but Sunday we were off, thank the good Lord. But it was just, re- it was, it was terrible. And then it rained Thursday and Friday. It felt like a, like a normal day. It's like, the thing about Houston weather, you'll get all the seasons in one week. Could not have been more true this week. All we needed was a 95 uh, degree Martin Luther King Day. Well, we pretty hit, much got it. And it would hit everything. Because Saturday, Last January night. 20th, was a mess. <laughs> we went from 12 degrees on what? Tuesday or whatever it was. <laughs> Tuesday. To it. 75 yeah. yesterday. It was disgusting. There, Houston is ridiculous. There was literally nothing to prep us for any of these conditions. There was, there was no in-between. There was no, um, you know, there, there was nothing to uh, to wean us off of one or the one or the other. Mm-hmm. It was either frigid, frozen, ice storm or whatever, to you know, sunny and hot and muggy. It, it just it, unreal, man. I couldn't believe it. It was from, um, and it, it melted everything that yeah. was left. So. My driveway was was slick everywhere. The garage was slick. Condensation was everywhere. It was ridiculous. We went from Anchorage, Alaska to Houston within a... a 12-hour period. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad it's over. I am too. I, I hope it's over. But, you know, here's the thing. Like, I don't... I wasn't tired of the cold. Like, I wasn't... I'm not like I wasn't over the cold. I was, I was okay with the cold. Um, could always do without frozen ice and you know pipes busting and all that good stuff, all that bad stuff. Um, but you know, just a little. Uh, just a little. Um, you know, some kind of. Uh, Sanity, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what I'm thinking. Hey, look, the Vikings scored on a crazy, crazy pass catch. Oh, oh no, 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 they didn't. No, nope. it would have been amazing. But that definitely hit the turf before he caught it. Sure. Um, I also realized that um, when it comes to snow, your enjoyment of it depends on your age, mm-hmm. or length of time of your enjoyment depends on your age. I should say because. When you're a child, like four, like my son is, or whatever, you go out there in the snow, you want to play in it all day. It's fun. It's exciting. When you're our age, you know, hitting our, we're in our early 30s, it's cool for the first five minutes until you have to go out there and you have to get whatever you can find, scrape the ice off your window. <laughs> I had to use, I used to use water and turn the, uh, the heater up. I feel like my mother would just look out and go, God damn it. And my grandmother would be like, well, I'm about to die. The older you get, the worse snow is for you. Of course. Uh, shout out to John Civitello, our mm-hmm. good friend John Civitello. His doors wouldn't open. It was so on cold. His, on his car. Yeah. We had that same problem with people trying to leave on Tuesday. They got out to their cars, and then it was all ice over. And literally, they're fighting and wrestling with their cars trying to get the door open. We had to have one of the driver. He broke his damn door handle oh trying to get God. into it. That's hilarious, man. <laughs> no, that's hilarious for us. Yeah, for, for us. Him. No, of course. 
you know. Shout out to John. We need to have him on the podcast one day. Very soon. We we've all talked. He's talked about it with me. We're gonna we're gonna make it happen. Okay. Um. The little it man was, weave. It was uh, an interesting week, man. Just weather wise, like it just. I just can't get over the fact that this city, it seems like out of every other city, is the only one that goes through that 12 to 75 in 60 seconds, you know, basically. Um, Or 0 to 60 in, you know, 4 seconds. It's like a high-powered performance car that just just goes in a ridiculous amount of time. Yeah, it was ridiculous. In a time that shouldn't be possible. But, um, hey, you know, it's over for now, whatever it is, and whatever that was. Um, I don't mind if it, the temperature drops a little, you know, more. It was, it's a little muggy right now on Sunday. Um, I don't mind. Like, I don't, I don't mind 45 <coughs> degrees, mm-hmm. but 12 is just pushing it, you know. Nine degrees, nah. I'm, this just taught me that your boy is not made for living up north. Yeah. I go. I can't imagine having to walk outside and seeing like eight to twelve inches of snow. Mm-hmm. I call. I call in the work. Like, no, nah, I'm moving back south. This is my two weeks. I can't do this. <laughs> I'm, I'm retired. Hell no. <laughs> to the no, no, no. Your boy ain't built for that. No. So we got through that. Um, that topic and that horrific, horrific two, uh, forty-eight hour period. Right. So, before the ice storm, I felt like that was too crazy not to talk about first, Mm -hmm. but literally a day before the ice storm, uh, on, was it Saturday? I guess Saturday night, because we were texting about it throughout the night on Saturday, and I was out with some friends, and we were, they were following it online, the story, as the story was developing. Mm -hmm. Um, The Houston Astros got it done, after weeks of speculation and talks and whatnot, they, they got the deal done. They got Garrett Cole, starting pitcher, um, former ace starting pitcher from the Pittsburgh Pirates. Mm-hmm. For what you most are calling it pretty much a steal. Oh, me? Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. I, was, I thought you were going to keep going. Um, yeah, it's, it's mainly parts that have no place on the Astros roster. Right. So Cole was uh, traded for Joe Musgrove, Colin Moran, Michael Feliz, and Jason Martin. Now, now doesn't Feliz throw 100? Yeah. That's... Yeah, but we live in, a, in an era where you could you could throw a pin on a map and find a kid out there throwing 100. Yeah, they're, they're, not as they're rare popping as up more. It was 15, 20 years ago. But, okay, so first I want to separate Jason Martin because we really have no idea what's going to happen. Was he... A ball, single A or double A, I believe. Okay, but he's profile as a backup uh, outfielder, so let's not worry about him sure, right now. Sure. So uh, let's start with who you want to start with. Pick it's like a shell game. Pick which which one you want to start with. Let's start with Cole. I mean, he's the guy. I mean, look, this starting rotation went through ups and downs. I feel. I mean. This start considering considering we won the World Series, this starting rotation, uh, yeah, hit some bumps in the road throughout the year that, you know, World Series winners typically don't don't always, you know, 
the star Charlie. rotation went through injuries. That's what it mostly went through. Yeah. There was a point in time where the only healthy starter that was projected from spring training was uh, Mike Fires, mm-hmm. who had been demoted to the bullpen like two weeks earlier. Right. So, um, how do you... Well, I like the trade. You like the trade. Okay. I really like the trade because, like you said, we got rid of the misfit toys that just didn't really That's have... That's rude. Well, I mean, it's a nice way to put it because the island of misfit toys, that's a classic... That's part of what? Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? The classic uh, I wouldn't Christmas. call these guys misfits. They're major league players, but okay. Well, they are, but they were guys that, like you said, didn't really have a place on the team that didn't really fit into the team's plans or, you know, just didn't know what was going to happen with these guys. Colin Moran was blocked basically anywhere in the infield. Yeah, he wasn't playing third with Bregman there, and he wasn't playing first with uh, with uh, Yuli there. Um, and Alf- I'm, I don't know if he has any kind of time for the outfield because I've never seen him play there in minors or the majors. Mm-hmm. So he's basically blocked. You talk about, uh, let's go Joe Musgrove. He's another guy who's blocked. He wasn't going to make the starting rotation. And when he did pitch from the... Out of the start, uh, you know, from the starting rotation, he was very inconsistent. Mm-hmm. He was much better in the bullpen mm-hmm. during the season, without a doubt. He throws hard, but it just—he just—I don't know. Maybe, maybe he, you know, this new change of scenery will help him do him some good. But he just couldn't really handle the starting job consistently. Where, you know, back to Garrett Cole before we, because we can talk about this guys a little more. A little more. But Garrett Cole, I mean, the guy's a, you know, number one starter for Pittsburgh. You know, granted, maybe that's not saying a lot because he's been roughed up a little bit over the past two years. But, you know, he finished high in Cy Young Award, you know, voting in 2015. Mm-hmm. Former number one overall draft pick. Um, and he's still young. That's the thing. Still young. That's the thing I like the most is that he's still young and affordable and under contract. Right? Two more years, I believe. He's 27 and he's... He's... Oh, he right. shouldn't be this year and next year, I believe. Last two years. So he's still relatively affordable for what will be his, you know, prime two years at least. And he's joining a... On paper, again, a stacked rotation going into... The next season, going into twenty eight, this twenty eighteen season, I mean Verlander is going to be Verlander. Mm-hmm. Keuchel, you don't know, but that's not a bad guy to have at number two. McCullers is a year older, a year wiser, stronger. You know, hopefully a year healthier. Right. Um, and then Garrett Cole, presumably, presumably number four in the rotation. He could go three or four either way. I don't know. Um, and then the you know the very back end of the rotation, you could go with McHugh, you could go with Peacock, Morton, Morton, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> this is a pretty loaded rotation now. If I were to guess, and in fact, you know, I'd actually bet this. I would bet that no Astros starter uh, pitches more than two hundred innings. <sighs> no Astros starter pitches more than two hundred innings. Wow, that's got to be some sort of record. Because you don't need you don't need them, and the front office is probably predicting another run at the World Series this year, as well as all. Yeah, everybody, yeah. so you don't need 
first, these guys pitched an extra month right. from last season. And if you think they're going to do it again, you don't need to push them that hard. Mm-hmm. Especially, like say, okay, Verlander, Keiko, Cole, McCullough, Morton. So you say that's your the five stars. You could have, uh, then we got Peacock and McHugh, and, and they'll be in the bullpen, along with Francis Marte. Let's not forget him. He still has the, abil- the ability to start. Yeah. Let's you can have uh, let's say McCullers or Cole comes to you one comes to you one day and say hey my shoulder feels a little iffy iffy fifteen day DL <laughs> ten day it's ten day oh it's, oh sorry ten day DL but we're gonna we're gonna keep you on longer than that we're gonna keep you you're gonna be down and we're gonna give either Peacock or McHugh two two stars in the rotation because we don't need you going out there and and pitching. And making it worse, mm-hmm. we have enough talent in in the pitching, and we have enough hitting around to support that pitching to where one of our aces can take a break. Say you uh, Verlander, your shoulder feels a little iffy. How about uh, you sit out for two to three weeks? Enjoy enjoy married life. Go sit somewhere. <laughs> Same thing with you, Mister McCull- Mister McCullers, Dallas. If something's going, your ankle's a little iffy. You can go sit out. We we don't need you right now. We need you when it counts, mm-hmm. and that's September and October. So my question for you, uh, do you want to talk want to talk about the other guys? Because I have a question about the Astros in general. Sure. Yeah, we can we can talk about them real quick. So I think uh, Musgrove's definitely going to be a starter mm-hmm. because um, if you have a guy that can't that has the ability to start, you start him until he proves he can't start. Right. So he's going to be starting next year for Pittsburgh. Uh, Moran's definitely going to be a third baseman. I don't know why, but... I, Is he going to be on the big league roster? I believe so. Okay. You know what? Let me look who the Pirates have right now as in third base. Going to fan graphs, looking up their, uh, their death chart by war. Let's see. Where are the Pirates? It wasn't Josh Harrison? If he doesn't get traded. Mm-hmm. Or get, be in the Where are the Pirates? Oh, there we go. Do, 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 do. So they got Josh Harris, Josh Harrison right now at second base, and Carl Moran the starter at third base. Okay. Because the other options are David Freeze and Sean Rodriguez, both who are much older than Carl Moran, who mm-hmm. is what still twenty five. His power's increased since like he's been with the Astros, right? Like he's he's hit. You know, a few more home runs each year going forward. So, well, he hit zero. And, oh, we're talking, you want to just do the minor sure, league stats? Sure. All right, let me find his minor league stats. Give me one. Two, okay. Like, let me find the tab for my league. Okay. So, he gets a full So, season. before last year, his highest um, total. In the minor league was ten back in two thousand and sixteen. Mm-hmm. Two thousand seventeen in AAA, he hit eighteen home runs. So it's a nice. It could be a nice little pickup for them. You know, a guy who can uh, hold down third base for a few years until they you know can find someone that's gonna be a better long term solution for them. But you got that guy. You have, like you said, Musgrove. Like you said, starting until he can no longer start. 
And uh, Feliz, who can pitch out of the bullpen and throw 100 miles an hour. There we have Fangrass Projections has Joe Musgrove being their third best starting pitcher already. Okay. That ain't good. No. So, my question uh, about the Astros. Do you think this makes them the best team in the uh, in all of baseball? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Damn, didn't even let me get the question out of my mouth all the way. No, there's, there's no reason to. Look, I was admittedly <clears throat> a little worried when I saw the Yankees get Giancarlo Stanton. As you should. But then it's like you look at the rest of the – you look at the pitching, it doesn't compare to the Astros pitching. The offenses – um, should be similar, except in the home run department. I mean, the New York Yankees are going to hit home runs in bunches. Mm-hmm. Our team is capable of doing it. Springer can hit 30 home runs. Correa might hit 30 home runs this year. Um, Altuve keeps hitting 25 home runs a year. For some crazy reason. For some insane reason. Um... So, so who in the American League do you think is the biggest threat to the Astros not making it to the World Series? The Yankees. Yeah. The Yankees. Well, no. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say the Cleveland Indians. Hmm. They have that pitching still. That pitching is top notch. With Kluber. And Carrasco, Salazar. I mean, those are three dynamic starting pitchers to have. They strike out guys in bunches, and they don't give up a lot of runs. They could stifle a good lineup on any given on any given night. So I think you got to look at Cleveland. You got to look at the Yankees, and I guess the Red Sox. My um, look at Cleveland right now for Cleveland. They have to hit because their lineup is is a is a problem. So you, let's go. Their catcher, they lost their catcher in free agency. Uh, what's his name? John Gomes. No, Gomes is there. They had another guy, didn't they? Did I don't I don't know. Got he signed with Philadelphia. I, I don't know. Santana. Oh, that's right, Carlos they Santana. Have, yeah, Carlos Santana. Oh, okay. he was he was their third base. Oh, third. I'm sorry. That's why. I was like, so here's how they're here's how they're um but it's a blowout now in Philly. Yeah, it's thirty seven to seven, so looks like it's gonna be Philadelphia versus New England in the Super Bowl. Yeah. A lot of weird dancing going on. So a repeat of I don't even remember what Super Bowl that was. About ten years ago. About hmm. yeah. I don't remember what number that was. So anyway, so Indians that catcher Roberto Perez. Mm-hmm. Let me know which one of these guys put fear into your heart. First base, Yonder Alonso. Second base, uh, says Jose Ramirez, but uh, Jason Kipnis will be there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, shortstop, Francisco Lindor. That's a guy. Third base, oh Lord, we got Hope. Okay. So you got Jose Ramirez here as well. They also have Yandy Diaz. Hmm. I don't know, I've never heard of So let's say Kipnis plays second and Mr. Ramirez plays third. Wait a second, okay, time out, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. 
I'm just I, I'm still watching this game, and there was a scuffle between the Eagles and the Vikings after the. Oh, it was more than a scuffle after the uh, the extra point by Philadelphia. The referees are breaking up this, you know, potential brawl, and I. All of a sudden, the Philadelphia Philly, uh, not Philly, Philadelphia Eagle cheerleaders run on the field and start dancing for the crowd, inches away from a potential brawl. Again, I don't get it. Common sense out the window, out the ballpark, out of the stadium. I, I don't understand it. You see these giant men, these giant tanks fighting each other, like. Like bulls, and you're gonna send these little cheerleaders out there to shake their butts and do these stupid little routines. I'm sorry, it was just too ridiculous. I shouldn't have watched it. To keep on this tangent, have you never met a woman from Philly? No, I I don't think I have. And then that explains why you don't know. They will fight at the drop of a hat. <laughs> Look that's at this. All, that's all. Right. Look at this. Yeah. What, what is this? Because they know. First off, who, who's going to hit them? Are you? Is any of those, are any of those guys going to hit the cheerleaders? I'm not saying they're going to hit your career. No, no, Even no. if it's on accident, you're done, son. Exactly. We are in the Me Too era. You can't be doing that no more. But why are you going to put? You, why are they going to put them at that? In that, you know, at risk like that in the first place. Tell them, look, there's a there's a fight going on in the field. Let's wait till after they clear the field to run out there and do these do the little dance. We'll we'll cut the routine short by seven seconds to let them clear the field. I bet none of the Philly players are trying to go there and get near cheerleaders. They they don't want them problems. No, <laughs> well, no, I mean, of course not. But if you're backing away, how can you see the cheerleader behind you? Or if someone pushes you. And you fall back. You can't see the cheerleader behind you. You're They're, thinking this. You're thinking about this way too hard. It was so close. Look how close they were. It was close, man. You done? I'm done. All right. Jeez. We're talking about baseball. You want to talk about God? Whatever was happening on TV. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. If they get knocked down over, dude, they're gonna get back up and dance again. I just don't want to see it happen. So, Cleveland. Back to where I was before I was so rudely interrupted by I wasn't rudely, but... In the outfield, Michael Brantley, Bradley Zimmer, Lonnie Chisenhall. Okay, so maybe Cleveland isn't as much of a threat. That pitching is still pretty scary, though. I like that starting pitching. I, I take that starting pitching over the Yankees starting pitching. Yeah, because the Yankees starting pitching isn't that great. Right. But still, if I can't score and you can't score, if you can't score because my pitching is great and your hitting sucks and I can't score because your pitching is just slightly better than my hitting, I still like my chances more than you. Sure. Uh, so you say Indians? <sighs> no, well, yeah, I'll stick with Indians for now. I mean, they've made the playoffs the past couple of years anyways, so. And last year, they had our number. 
during the during the regular season. So that's true. Where were they in the playoffs though? Nah. Yeah. I gotta say if But I would say Cleveland and then the Yankees. I'm not that worried about Cleveland to be honest with you. I mean Well, I mean that lineup yeah, is not I have more confidence in the Astros lineup pitching than I do about the the Indians. Um and to be honest with you, I'm not that scared of the Yankees because they still have holes in the lineup. Mm-hmm. You're looking people will, will um go gaga for Stanton and Judge as they should, but they're still going to have a lot of playing time for Aaron Hicks, Jacoby Ellsbury, and Brett Gardner. Right. Uh, and in the infield. Uh, infield, let's see. Uh, so they got uh, Greg Bird at first. Mm-hmm. Second is showing either... I can't say none of these names. Let me see. Ronald Torres yeah. and... Gliber Torres, who is coming off knee surgery, mm-hmm. blew out his knee. He's supposed to be the future guy, like, mm-hmm. you know, the next big little infield star. Uh, third base, like, they have Miguel Andrua. Mm-hmm. Damn, that didn't get your names right. And uh, the shortstop, Gigi uh, Gregorius, so, who had a great year last he's year. not Hispanic. He's, he's uh, I'm saying Dominican. I'm saying Norwegian. Oh, damn. I think you're right. Ah, you're right. Yeah, right. I knew I saw that somewhere. Um, Yeah, that's that's a big question. Is Didi Gregorius going to duplicate that season last year? I mean, he broke Derek Jeter's shortstop record for the Yankees for home runs. And he hit for a pretty good average. Am I wrong? Oh, well, who are we looking for that? Hold on, 287. That's pretty good. Not bad these days. 25 home runs. Mm-hmm. Solid shortstop, you know, play at shortstop. But is he going to, is is this, you know, is 2017's Didi Gregorius, you know, the Didi Gregorius, you know, we're going to see from now on. So, yeah, there's definitely holes in, the, in that lineup, that Yankee lineup, or questions still. Um, but the point of what we're talking about is teams that if we just had to pick somebody to like to make a run or to uh, to throw thing you know to throw a wrench in, into things because at the end of the day it's all Astros. I mean they're the team to beat right now, mm-hmm. um, and if they keep everybody together for another two years, they could very well be the team to beat for another two years. Well, here's hoping. This guy's going to start getting expensive. Oh, yeah. Um, you saw the uh, the arbitration case was about to happen with Springer and Astros. Uh, he, they, um, they, they swapped figures, and Springer was asking for, I think, $10.5 million, while the Astros offered 8.5. Are you serious? Mm, yep. You just take that deal, man. You just... You just give him that deal. I mean, that guy's too important. I can see the reason for, for fight for. Um, I wouldn't say lowballing him, but 
I see the reason for not just giving what what he wants because you got you have to. I mean, you have to because you have him, yeah. Altuve, Correa, uh, Bregman. These guys, you can McCullers. McCullers, you can't just give these guys what they want. You're right. below. You're below through. You go right through that damn luxury tax. So you have to, you know, set some boundaries. Like children, you got to set boundaries. And when they break them, you let them go to go wherever. So if I was to, if I was a guess, because after this season, I would say Keiko's gone. Yeah, he's thirty. He's and, thirty and soft tossing lefter, mm-hmm. left handed. And I wouldn't be surprised if Springer's gone after his arbitration is done. Really? Mm-hmm. How many more years of arbitration does Springer have? Let me look that up. Because of uh, because of uh, is it Derek Fisher? Well, they have Derek Fisher, and he'll be playing the corners. They also Pre- have, uh, yeah, not Pre- Tucker, Kyle, Tucker. Kyle Tucker. Right. Right. I think it's more suited for the for corners as well, but I, I just feel like as soon as Springer, when Springer is able to go, he'll be looking for the biggest deal. He might be heading up anywhere. Who knows what free agency is going to look like in a couple of years? Well, he's a Connecticut. I mean, he's a Connecticut guy. I could see him going up north. I could see him going to the Red Sox or uh, even the Yankees. Even the, you know any of those teams up north: Red Sox, Yankees, Mets. I wish I could tell you how many years of arbitration you had left so you'd be prepared but my computer decided to say ah screw you talk while I look this up please so you think Springer's gone um but also I mean even if that happens we've talked about this in the past isn't there gonna be a chance isn't there a chance that we go after the big the big prizes next year Harper and Machado. At that point, you kind of have to let him go if you're if you legitimately go after those guys because so you're going to be paying this is them. His first year of arbitration, so he has two more years to go. Okay. So if you decide, we've had this conversation before. You decide to go after Harper and Machado. Mm-hmm. Who are you going after? <sighs> uh, gotta go with. I'm going to go with Harper. I mean, he... When he's healthy, he's shown that he can. He hits a little more consistent. He had one down year, but he was hurt. Um, but he can hit for power and, and an average. Pretty good average. And, he, you know, solid right fielder. And he steals bases. Like, he's he's... You know, he hustles out there. Like, he's a little reckless, sure. Let's put it put it nicely. Um, but Machado has power. He's got a good glove. Also, doesn't, but he doesn't hit for very, he doesn't hit much else. Some, some years, like this past year, he hit like 230. Wasn't it 230 or 240? Oh, you want me to look that up? Give me one moment. You don't mind. Harper, and I'm trying to go to the usually the usual site I go to sport uh, sport track to look up the contract, see when everybody see what's happening in 2019. Mm-hmm. And every time I do that, it gives me a four four uh, timeout. So I'm like, ah, oh, <laughs> you 
killing me here, computer. You're killing me. So what was the question? I'm sorry. Machado. I mean, compare the stats between the two. I mean... I thought you had something about Harper. No, no. I mean, Harper, like I said, hits for power, can hit for average. He hits for average more times than Machado has. Um, so I don't know. I, I feel like, like you should go after him. But, I mean, if uh, Machado is the kind of guy whose average will get better, um, and he provides even better defense than Bregman or Correa at shorter third, then, yeah, maybe you should go after him. Because he's still going to hit for power. I like that. This is how, this is how much we hate the current free agency crowd. We're already looking to next year. Oh, yeah. This year is not even worth talking about. There's... <laughs> Nobody that we should be looking at. Oh. Who's still... Okay, you want to talk about the 2018 free agency? Why no one signed? <laughs> because there's all kind of... Uh, what I'm saying? There's all kinds of uh, theories that have been thrown out. Mm-hmm. Do you have any? Um... No, I just feel like these guys don't want to work or something, or they don't, the owners don't want to pay these guys. But you mentioned something that was pretty interesting. Oh, you're going to make me, oh, you remember what I answered? I have to go through my text message, you remember what I said? Oh, no, you <laughs> mentioned that there was talks that some of these guys are just going to hold out until mid Oh, yeah, mid-season. Some, there was a, a report, uh, John Heyman from FanRagSports.com, he had mentioned that he had heard uh, one of the big free agents were gonna was gonna hold out was thinking about holding out to the middle of the season to hopefully increase his price tag because that's when the playoffs would uh playoff races would be heating up so maybe that's when somebody would be really interested in him. Mm-hmm. Uh, First thing, if you're a player who's made in excess of, let's even say. $30 million, mm-hmm. and you're able to afford to sit out half a season and take a prorated salary of, say, $10 million when you get when the time comes, must be nice. God bless you. Must be very nice. But I think most people agree, and I guess the only way it can be disproven is until we find out, until we see this, but I think most people agree that baseball is... Not the kind of sport you can just jump into <coughs> cold in the middle of a season. That's why they have two months of spring training and, and exhibition games to get these guys ready for a, you know the you know live games that, that actually matter. So that's a huge risk on the owner's part as well. Signing guys midseason with these prorated salaries, who knows? Are they gonna, you know. Are they going to be able to, to cut it? Are they going to make that much of an impact that you're willing to put $10 million on the line? So I have a theory. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard, I actually read someone saying that there was talk of a possible collusion. Like really? The, the owners aren't have agreed not to sign anybody to keep, to decrease prices. I don't believe that. Here's what I think. Who are the last two champions? Astros. And before that? It was 2016. 
Who was the champ? Who were the champions? Uh, I don't remember. It was the biggest story in baseball. They oh, the Cubs. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so last two champions in baseball were the Jeez. Astros and the Cubs. And the Royals were the year before, right? Twenty fifteen. Yeah. Okay. And so those. I, I, I wasn't even going to keep the Royals, but okay, let's say those last three teams, what do they all have in common? What do they have in common? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, especially the Astros and the Cubs. Nucleus. Young, drafted talent. And how'd they get that young, drafted talent? They stunk it up. Exactly. I feel there's owners that that see this rebuilding process works. You just have to take a hit. You just got to take it on the nose for four or five years, mm-hmm. and then you can make a run in the playoffs once all your guys get together. Mm-hmm. Now, saying that, you have to, you still have to get lucky. Right. That The Cubs got lucky with their draft choices and the fact that since they're in Chicago, they have, they have the money. So the, after their nucleus was formed, they were able to go out and get guys. Uh, the Astros were lucky. See, the Brady Aiken situation. They drafted Brady Aiken, failed to sign him, and the next year they get the number two pick, who turns out to be uh, Alex Bregman. Mm-hmm. And without Alex Bregman making the plays he made in the postseason, the Astros don't make it to the World Series. So you gotta be good and lucky, but 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 that's side point. The owners have decided as if you're a bad team, if you're projected to be a seventy something win team, what's the point of signing a free agent who may get you to eighty one wins or at best get you in, in competition for the second wild card? You might well just blow it all up and see what you can what you can do. So teams like all right. So I'm going by the Fangraphs projected 2018 um, wins. So here's teams that are probably doing the rebuilding. White Sox? Yes. Royals. Marlins. Uh, <laughs> Marlins. Padres. Reds. Tigers. Brewers. Braves. Phillies. Orioles. Athletics. Pirates. Maybe the Rangers. We'll see. Uh, and Rockies. So all Is that not two-thirds of the league? All those teams that I named, plus the Mets and the Rays, projected to... Uh, finish under 500. Now, we will get surprises because last year we got the Rockies and the Diamondbacks as surprise. So there will be surprises. But if you're the if you're the White Sox, why would you even be entertaining any of these thoughts of free agency? You're this close anyways. With the way you blew it up over the past three years, mm-hmm. you're this close with that nucleus, all these guys that you got in these trades. So keep it going and, and draft high a couple more times. Yeah, we've already seen the the Marlins; they're rebuilding. The Tigers are in their rebuilding. I mean, the Reds are in their rebuilding stage right now. The Tigers—they just traded away Verlander, and tr- believe me, if they could find someone to take Miguel Cabrera's contract, they would. Do, Miguel Cabrera and um, what's his name, Zimmerman, mm-hmm. the pitcher—they just signed him last year. They're ready to get rid of him because they're going to be rebuilding. The Braves. They're moving into their new stadium. Or have they moved already? I don't remember. No, I think they've already moved in. Yeah, they're they're still rebuilding. They're mm-hmm. probably another year or two off. Same thing with the Phillies. The Orioles need to rebuild, and they will rebuild when May Machado leaves. Um, the Athletics are in the process. The Pirates, we've seen this week, they're moving into the process of rebuilding. Uh, God knows what the Rangers are doing. You saw that quote from uh, one of the Ranger players uh, about the Astros saying he's going to try to take the wins out of, out of their sails? No. <laughs> uh, who was it? I think it was Delano DeShields Jr. 
I oh. read that in um, Astro's uh, country. I was like, oh, that's so cute. Look I at mean, you. Look, he trying to win some games. Look at you. He's obviously he obviously still has a, a grudge, holds a grudge over, probably getting shipped out of town. I want the Astros every time they go to Arlington for a series to take the damn World Series trophy with them. <laughs> And like, just put it in the visitors' locker room. Just leave it there. Or no, put it in their locker room so they can look at something they'll never fucking have. <laughs> Keep talking shit, Rangers. We'll enjoy it. Oh, how did that time. get there? Who left that there? Yeah, whoa, whoa. Atumi just was like, oh, who, who left that there? That doesn't belong to you. You're losers. And just pick it up and walks away. Go out of the shields and walk up to him. What you got there? What you got there right behind you? Oh, it's a ring. <laughs> and what does it say? World Series champions 2017. Oh, what's that? Oh, my MVP. How'd I do that in your locker? Oh, oh, no, some sales. You said you want to take the wind out of my sales. There's some sales. Take the wind out of it, bitch boy. Then walk off. I'm petty you call like me when you get the key to Disneyland. When they give you, award you the key or... Did they do that? Something like that. <laughs> oh, wait, you're getting Disney Disneyland. You pay. <laughs> but anyway, I just named a bunch of teams that either in the rebuilding process or started. So that's like almost half the league that's not spending money. Mm-hmm. So if we go to the other side of the equation. Look at teams that are supposed to be winning. The Astros, basically all they need is bullpen help, and they're good to go. Dodgers... And let's see the Dodgers and the Yankees, they're trying to get underneath that luxury tax so they can go after the big names next year, like Harper, um, let's say Harper, Machado, and cross your fingers. Just if, especially if you're Yankees, in case, uh, what's his name? Uh, not Darvish, pitcher for the for the, the Dodgers, Kershaw, he can Kershaw. opt out next Oof. year, he's gonna get all the money. <laughs> Not some of it. Not a lot of it, but all of it. All of it. So if you're not if you're already a team that's good enough, you don't need to upgrade. So it's like four or five teams there. And you're a team that does that shouldn't be spending money because you're rebuilding, you're taking out of the thirty teams, you're left with like maybe 10, 12 teams actually need someone. And we just seen the Giants, they're getting all the stars of two thousand seven together. Right. So, say maybe they'll be in the hunt for Lorenzo Cain. Who knows? So you got a small pool of potential buyers, and every person that you look at on the list for um, free agency, they have some kind of flaw in them. Like just name a guy. Name a guy that's free agent right now. I'll tell you a flaw. You Darvish. You Darvish. That World Series. World Series. Um, what was that? Game six. Mm-hmm. That he blew up, the tipping pitches. That's still on uh, GMs and um, owners' minds. The fact that he's had Tommy John surgery, and he's a a flame a flame ball pitcher in his going into his thirties and going and and during the contract he'll be in his mid thirties. Give me another guy. I can do this all night. Who all is available? I don't, like who else is Jake Ari- Ari- Ariana. His fastball has already decreased two miles per hour. Oh, between 2016 and 2017, and he's, he's already 30. He's already 32, and 
he's already put a within the last three years he's put a bunch of mileage on his arm. He's already peaked. Yeah, he's already peaked. You're gonna be paying for and that's another problem that we're seeing. It's uh basically the arbitration process. It's the so let's say you draft a guy out of college. You draft him when he's twenty one. Mm-hmm. He spends, let's say, or spends two to three years. So let's say he spends three years in the minor league. So he's already 24. So when he comes up, you get the three pre-arbitration years, and then you get three more years of arbitration. So when you're 24, he's a free agent at 30. Who's paying? You're not, no team wants to pay the big bucks for a guy when he's going to, when he's going to be hitting the downslope of his career. Yeah, it's there's so not the a, problem there's, with baseball. The problem with baseball and free agency is the baseball system itself. The arbitration. Yes, I think within the next labor contract, the players' association would be wise to do everything they can to get that six years mm-hmm. down to five, four, or something like that, to where the players can become free agents uh, sooner. And increase their earning potential. Now they're going to have to give something up for that because the owners are going to fight tooth and nail for that. They're probably, you know, the owners will ask for uh, a bigger share of the of the money pie. Right. But as a as a fan, mm-hmm. don't you like the current situation? If you have a nucleus like the Astros, like the Cubs, where you have these young guys that are going to be inexpensive, so you don't have to worry about them bolting for the Yankees or the, or the Dodgers. Yeah. As a fan, I like it. I like that. Mm-hmm. But as a red-blooded capitalist American, I'm all about everybody getting their damn money. <laughs> Get it when you can and as much as you can. The sure. same reason I hate the one-and-done rule in the, um, in the NBA. It's the same, re- uh, same reason why I hate the NCAA. If you're making money for somebody, you should be able to go and say, I want my damn cut. Oh, I agree with that. I mean, that's just, it's disgusting, mm-hmm. that situation. In that's why. Sports. That's why whenever a player holds out, especially NFL player, because you know their careers are short. Mm-hmm. It's a damn car crash every Sunday they go out there. Yeah. And they have to repeat on a damn Thursday. If an NFL player, NFL player holds out, all training camp, I'm like, get your coins, man. Secure the bag, King. Secure the bag. Because you know, if I can hold out of my job and know I can come back and have the same job and maybe get a raise out of it, you damn skippy, I do it. <laughs> Mess around and come back making 20 some dollars. I'm like, hey. Be like, yeah, you need to hold out too, player. Work for me, man. Work for you. <laughs> See, see, how much, out ain't nothing but an unpaid vacation. See how much happier I am that I held yeah, out. Yeah, I held out. They broke down and gave me extra three dollars an hour. You need to do it too, player. So, so, but, but back to his place. Yeah. So the and I'm gonna say NFL, the MLB players uh, union will hopefully stand together so these guys who make more money. Of course, the player unit is not what it was when Marv Miller was in in control. Mm-hmm. But hopefully, they'll be able to do something for these guys because a lot of these guys, I I wouldn't be surprised if we're still if we're in spring training and a majority of the uh, if you go to Keith Law's top 
free agency, if like half of them weren't signed by the time pitchers and catchers report to the spring training, I would not be the least bit surprised. Because everybody has flaws. And J.D. Martinez? <laughs> J.D. Martinez has only played At more. one point I did, but I mean, look, he, at the end of the day, he does have a history. You know, I think I saw he's only played more than 123 games one time in his career. And that was two years ago, I believe. Hmm. Two what, years ago. What? Or Detroit this year. And this year. Sorry. Diamondbacks. I'm actually looking at it right now. I don't want to spit out this the, any fake news. <laughs> the the situation. Um, not the situation. <coughs> yeah, I, yeah. No, you mentioned that um, it wouldn't be surprising to see more than half or half of the guys. I was sorry. right. Sorry, it was two years ago. 2015 he played 158 games for the Tigers. Last year, 2017, he only played 119 games. His game, but that's why he's going to get 150 million dollars. I would not pay him 150 million dollars. You don't, as a professional athlete, you do not get healthier heading into your 30s. I, I understand. If you have health problems in your 20s, them things are going to creep up in your 30s. I understand. It makes sense, but when it comes to seeing guys hit 45 home runs in 100 less than 120 games, here's the thing: home runs don't mean as much now as they did 10 years ago. We got shorts. We got. We're talking about uh, D.D. Gregorius. The last two years, he's hit over twenty home runs. Right. Home runs don't mean as much as they used to. Tell that to Giancarlo Stanton. He got paid three hundred fifty million, three hundred twenty-five million dollars because he hits home runs. Yeah. When was that contract? Two years ago. Yeah. We're in a different era now. Everybody's hitting home runs now. Mm-hmm. More teams hit more home runs this year than any year in MLB history. They hit so many home runs they thought the ball was juiced. <laughs> they almost ran out of balls, didn't they? Yeah. So home runs are divided right now. So you got a guy who's hitting. Okay, he can hit forty. Forty-five is the new thirty. Mm-hmm. So you got a guy who and JD Martinez who can't play the outfield well, can't stay healthy, and it's hitting you. The equivalent of 35 home runs a year. If I'm a team, I'm not paying $100 million for that. We He's should have within the, this on, the, on video because your hand gestures are just... They're amazing. <laughs> like, what else can I tell you? <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't pay. Now, because he's going to be a glorified DH within mm-hmm. three years. But somebody's going to do it. Somebody's going to do it. Maybe he's the guy that was talking about holding out. Who knows? The one that blew my mind was the Padres having interest in Eric Hosmer and offering him allegedly a contract of, I think it was, seven years, $147 million. For who? For what? Eric freaking Hosmer. I'm tired of this lie about Eric Hosmer. He is not that good. He is a he's a good he's a good player. He is a good player. He is not a superstar. 
He's not a great player. He's a good player. He's defensively, he's okay. He'll give you your intangibles, and he'll give you a good batting average or on-base percentage. But he can't hit the boppers like a first baseman's supposed to. Stop giving people who are marginally good a hundred and over a hundred million dollars. Especially if you're a middling team. Capitalism, though. Huh? Capitalism, you're getting your cash. He's getting his cash. I'm talking about for them. This is going to be terrible for the Padres. (laughs) Eric, honey, get your coins. Get your paper. Stack it up. Padres, what on God's green earth are y'all doing? That's baseball for you, man. There's The money is free-flowing. It's oozing out. It's pouring out like a faucet. This is why we have things in sports like salary caps and luxury caps. It's not because the, the players are greedy. It's because the owners are too fucking stupid. They're just throwing out money. They want to turn around like, oh my God, why to give the guy money? Because you're money. dumb. It's burning in your pocket. You're just giving away. Give it away. Give it away. You idiot. I paid all this money. I got a payroll $200 million and I won 60-some games like the Marlins did a couple years ago when Gein was in control. Owners are dumb. How are people this rich so fucking stupid? Because sports baseball teams, they're they're toys to these to these guys and they just throw money at it. I want to live that life where $200 million is just a toy to me. Where a $160 million payroll is just a toy. I'm just throwing that around. I want that. Maybe the next life. What now? <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, look. It's a weird time. It's a weird time because... We weren't even going to talk about this. We were going to talk about the NFL playoffs. But I don't give a damn about the NFL playoffs. I stopped caring about football as soon as Deshaun Watson went down with his injury. <laughs> That's when I died until, two th- until September 2018 when it comes to playoffs. Fuck the NFL. Fuck the Patriots. And we'll talk about it next week anyways. Play a Super Bowl preview. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. I'm jumping ahead. But, again, like, to, I guess to, like, close, to sum this up, for me at least, it's, it's a weird time because we've never seen this much inactivity <coughs> in free agency. Considering how much money is being left on the table or isn't even being put on the table, I guess, if, if, if the case is the owners aren't just throwing the money around. Mm-hmm. Like, we never see this. And, uh, I don't know. I mean, look, you went on a rant about guys getting paid, but then also at the same time, you're like, what are these owners doing throwing this money around? So, we might not even need to see the arbitration rules change because... Maybe it's just a sign of the times that just guys aren't going to get paid anymore unless you're a, a once in a lifetime talent, talent, excuse me, talent. And maybe we will see a a reeling in of, of spending and free flowing and just throwing money around. <laughs> maybe. maybe we had a good. I mean, look, baseball had a good run with it. Baseball has had a great run. Guys getting paid. Hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, but is that always going to be sustainable? I, I don't know. Maybe it's just a sign of times changing. 
But really, ultimately, the sign like the times changed when the Big Stein left us because he was the ultimate <laughs> wheeling and dealing. Yeah, and once he was gone, things changed and people started looking at it differently. So maybe it's just getting more and more stringent and more scrutinized in those front offices. Maybe those owners are onto onto something. <coughs> maybe. But who knows? They're on drugs. They keep giving out these monies of people. That... <laughs> okay, so the last thing I want to talk about, I mean, we might have something else, so I don't know. But the last thing I have to talk mm-hmm. about, one, I've just been too lazy to look, look it up, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Two, I don't have that much interest in it, but three, I have some interest where I'm just... I have enough interest to ask you and to, like... See if you could explain it to me. What happened this week between the Rockets and the Clippers? There was a, an altercation in the locker room, apparently, after the game in, in L.A. Okay. So here's the alleged story. Alleged. This is an alleged story. So, the Rockets were playing the Clippers. And Austin Rivers, who wasn't playing that, playing that night, got a little mouthy and a little chirpy towards... Chris Paul. Now, this goes back to last year. Chris Paul and Austin Rivers never got along mm-hmm. because Austin Austin Rivers is Doc Rivers' son. Right. And Chris Paul believed that the only reason he got any playing time was because he was the coach's son. Okay. Which is true. Sure. It's, it was nepotism. If he was anywhere else, he wouldn't be... He'd be a hanger-on. He wouldn't be, He would not have been the backup to Chris Paul. So, moving on to this here. So, Austin Rivers getting chippy with uh, Chris Paul. And the rumor is Rivers was saying that he slept with Chris Paul's wife. Oh, jeez. Are you serious? Now, is I don't know. A punk kid? I don't know where uh, Austin Rivers is from. I know where I'm from. And there's two things that'll start a fight. Talking about someone's mom, talking about someone's woman. Those are the two guarantees. Let me ask you this first. How long has Dr. Rivers been a coach? 10, 15 years. And he was a player before then? Yep. So it's safe to say he's had a good living for most of Austin Rivers' life, Mm -hmm. correct? So when you ask where does Austin Rivers come from, he came from a place with a silver spoon in his mouth. Where he gets off acting like some hard ass, where any of these, just stop. Okay, just just stop. You're like the guy from 8 Mile, and that's a terrible reference. Clarence or whatever his name was. Remember the, the rapper that... Rabbit? That, no, no, no. The guy that Rabbit finally beat in the rap battle or whatever? Sure, let's go with that. I forgot what his name was. I but never saw it. Well, no, it wasn't for me. I, don't, why, I don't know why I watched <coughs> it, but it was a terrible reference. Mm-hmm. But It's a terrible reference, anyways. But, look, this guy is not some tough... And he's not even a big tough guy. He's just a tall, skinny dork who... Again, was born into 
a life of luxury compared to a lot of these other guys, mm-hmm. a lot of other players, a lot of a lot of different athletes, not just not just NBA players. So, first off, if you're like, come on, don't be that guy. It's not, just don't. That's my PSA to Austin Rivers and to guys that that look up to Austin Rivers. First off, you're looking up to Austin Rivers. You're doing life wrong. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Secondly, kids, if you talk about someone's mama. Yes. Or you, t- you talk about smashing someone's woman. Of course. Be prepared to throw them hands. Exactly. That's the, <laughs> that's the nuclear option. Once you go there, you have to understand a fight may not break out, but you need to be prepared just in case. It's like we said, you ain't got to get ready. If you stay ready. <laughs> the minute you talk about someone's mama or smashing someone's girl, you need to be stay in stay ready mode. Exactly. But I digress. Let's go back to the story. So, game's over. Mm-hmm. He said this to him on the court? Or from the... From Apparently the this was on the court. Game's over. First off, don't be talking shit if your ass ain't in the game. <laughs> Obviously. Because that's a bitch move. You're over there. You're safe. You're on the bench. You can talk all you want. That's a bitch move. You need to be, You want to talk about someone's woman. You want to talk about someone's mama. Do it in their face. Don't be a bitch. That's PSA for me. Back to what I was saying. So after the game, Chris Paul, this lie motherfucker, comes up with a plan. The plan is to say, <laughs> Clint Capella... As a distraction, as a Trojan horse, <laughs> to knock on the door <laughs> of the Clippers locker room. Meanwhile, Chris Paul, James Harden, <laughs> Trevor Reza, and Gerald Green <laughs> slip through a secret tunnel from that connects their locker room to the Clippers locker room. Allegedly, <laughs> this is all allegedly. What is going on, so, man? Allegedly, while Clint Capella knocks on the door, a representative <laughs> of the Clippers, I don't know if it's a player or just a team, uh, a member, opens the door, sees Capella, shuts it, and that's the end of that plan. Meanwhile, CP3, Harden, Ariza, and uh, Gerald Green, Houston's Newest favorite ball player yeah. because he represents 713, 281, 832, whatever area code. He represents Houston <coughs> harder than any ball player has ever represented Houston because he's from Houston. Anyway, those four guys. And I'm going to follow it on social media. Like, he's all the rage. He's doing the, the H hook horns or whatever. Yeah. So, of course, Gerald Green was going to be involved. I'm, I'm going to talk about those four in a minute. So anyway, they make it to the locker room. A Trojan horse. Oh, man. They make it to the locker room. Allegedly. This is all allegedly because a couple of days after this incident alleged, was alleged to happen, Chris Paul was talking to me and said it never happened. I believe 100% happened. But allegedly, mm-hmm. to cover our ass legally. So they get into the uh, locker room. Mm-hmm. They're shouting. They're yelling. And apparently somebody on the Clipper squad asked, Allegedly. Allegedly. 
said to call the police. Now, I have been looking up and down the Clippers roster to see who it was that called the police. And I have three suspects. <laughs> Wait, can I... Can I can I get guess them? Okay, go ahead, guess. Austin Rivers, of course. Austin Rivers. Yeah, keep going. Austin Rivers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was my number one, Austin Rivers. Because someone's coming to kick your ass, you need someone to help you out. With. You back up. My number two was Blake Griffin. Okay. Because yeah. Blake don't ever seem like he's ready to go there. He don't even rebound. He ain't in. He ain't that scrap. He's got he's got things to lose. He, he's not just a basketball player anymore. And the number one guy, I believe, called the police, Sam Decker. Because when white people see angry black people, their first response is to call the cops. And Austin's half. Yeah. So it was his white half that, yeah. that called the cops. Hi, uh, 911. Um, we have some angry Negroes that we need to get rid of. Okay, thank you. We'll see you soon. One love. That's how that went. I'm hundred percent. I'm Sam Decker made that. Call. <laughs> There's no alleged on allegedly on that one, allegedly. So, reports are saying that Paul and Harden were trying to calm down Ariza and Green, and they did everything happened all peacefully. Everybody was able to separate, go to their locker rooms. Now, about Wait, the, it wasn't even Ariza or Green's woman. Let me continue. Let me continue, because this is what I can say about these four guys. First off, Chris Paul, leader. That's what it showed me. You, you, first off, you got it. You rallied the troops. You had a goddamn plan that involved a seven-foot Swiss guy going to the door and knocking on it. I'm, for oh, time off, I want to know what the hell did Clint Capella do after they closed the door in his face? He, did he stand there? Did he send a text message to the Chris Paul like, are you guys in? Can I go? Or did he just walk off? I need the security the security footage for this. But anyway, back to Chris I guarantee Paul. you he stayed he stood there for five minutes trying to And if the camera would zoom in, you could see his mind racing. <laughs> what happens then? What am I what do, what's next? What do I do? I now? did not have any instructions beside knock on this door. Stay here. <laughs> there was no plan B. <laughs> there was, my, the plan was me to knock on the door and whatever happened, happened. Or, yeah, he could have just walked me like, did what I was told. Yeah. My, well, my work here is done. Exactly. Chris Paul, leader of men, he, had, he can make up a strategy. Strategic as a motherfucker. He came up with a plan. We're going to sneak in the back way and get these motherfuckers right now. Harden, that's my MVP. He ain't got nothing to do with this. But he's still jumping in. And he's got the most to lose. He's got the most. No, he does not. Let me continue. Okay. And you'll learn who has the most to lose. Ariza. Ariza, born in L. I believe he's born in Compton, lives in Compton. Com- Ariza's down for anything. Don't let anything that happens on that court fool you. Ariza will pull up, kick down, kick down the door, swing in the full fall, because he's ready to go at a drop of a hat. Ariza. What? They're talking about you, woman? Nah, yeah. no, man, they stole my video. And he's ready to go. Let's go. Gerald Green. Let's go to Gerald Green. I don't know about you, but me personally, if I just started working with guys three weeks ago, <laughs> I ain't ready to throw down for them. Gerald Green was like, cool, let's go. And you talking about Harden got the most to lose? No, 
Gerald Green got the most salute because his ass, he's on a, he, his, his contract is one year, and that's this year, and that's it. They can release his ass tomorrow. He had the most to lose and had the most giddy up. He, him and Ariza, they, they didn't have to get ready because them two were already ready because they stayed ready. Oh, man. <laughs> Oh my God! Chris Paul went to those two and said, "It said, say guys, I got a plan to get it up." And they looked at him and said, "We didn't even got to hit the plan, boss. We ready to go. We ready to go at the game. We ready to throw down." You see a reason over there? He got the four four. He ready to go right now. You know, Gerald, me, I'm Gerald. I throw this H. No, they disrespect you, Chris. They disrespect all of us up in here. So let's go. It's like Chris, Chris. We know you're the leader on the court. You're a superstar. You make commercials. You got the plan. We got a better one. I'm glad you had the plan, Chris, because my plan was just go there and knock on the door to it fell down. And then oh, wait, let, there was a plan? <laughs> let the chips fall where they may. Oh, man. Hit first, ask questions later. Ask no questions and no snitching. Chris, I'm going there for you. He talking about your wife. I'm taking his life. Oh, my God. Oh, God, what a silly, silly story to hear. <laughs> so, after all, uh, Ariza and Green are, were suspended for two games, which sucks. Yeah. But, <laughs> I don't think there's another story. I don't think it's impossible for there to be a better story in the in the NBA. No, it's it. I mean, lock it down. I mean, you know. And before that, there was, who was, who was it playing? Uh, it was the t- Raptors and I think the Sixers where Kyle Lowry was ready to throw down on Ben Simmons. They, I think, believe they both got ejected and Simmons was still talking. And Lowry like, was like, you ready to go? And took off towards the tunnel. Because Kyle Lowry, stay ready, all-star. This story is better. Any than- guy in the NBA that's six feet and under, stay ready, all-star. You know why? Because all my life, I had to fight. And you know who number one there on that list? Nate Robinson. Oh, yeah. Nate Robinson will throw down on you for whatever, whenever. And if he can't <laughs> throw down on you, he got something in that trunk to lay you down. This story was better than <coughs> Kevin Garnett and Carmelo Anthony. Was it Carmelo Anthony? Yeah. That was better than that. This story is better than, while I don't advocate it, the guns in oh. the Wizards locker room. This is better than that, which was over a stupid, like, gambling. They were pulling guns on each other. Let's not forget, Gilbert Arenas pooped in someone's shoe. Don't ever forget that. That's better than that. Let that stay in your mind for, for the rest of the night. <laughs> this is better than the trail spree well. Going after and getting a hold of PJ Carlissimo. Putting his damn coach in a, in a mandible claw almost. This was a great story. It was a great night of NBA. As I'm just watching the, I'm watching the game. And all of a sudden, like tw- an hour after the game, I'm getting alerts from everybody in the NBA. Just like it's going wise, going like I was like, that's my squad. Roll <laughs> down and drop. Uh, man, I'm so glad we talked about this because. 
And they carried that energy because they just beat the Warriors last night. They did. I'm so glad we talked about this and I heard the story from you first because there was no way that story was going to read any better than what you just described. It was a great time. Man, that is I think the, the best way to, to end the show. Go out on a high note like that. You're a green. You have a place in my heart. Repping the, repping the H? a place in my mind because I know not to fuck with you. 713-281-832. Because I know, Gerald Green, that you're ready to fight. And if you can't win, Trezor Ariza will pull up. And I don't want them problems. I-10, I-610, I-45, 288-59. If you're in trouble, just send up the A signal. Gerald Green will pop up. <laughs> Say, cuh. Say, cuh. We throw now. I, I'm still suspended, so I'm ready to go, cuh. Who we fighting out here? Who disrespecting H Town? Who out here disrespecting the H Bayou City? <laughs> and someone get City. that Trojan horse out front. <laughs> where my where my seven foot Swiss man? Where the Trojan horse at? Oh my god, that's hilarious, dude! God, that was great. I'm thank you, thank you for uh, enlightening me. One hundred percent, man. That was a great night. Great ass night. Boom. That's it. We're done here, guys. We're finished. Episode 90 in the books. Great episode, man. Had some arguing back and forth, but man, we, we finished it off with some we finished off. great laughs. God, that was hilarious. Great, great story. Um, follow us online somewhere. I don't know. He's at... Quinn underscore 288. I'm at Anthony underscore E-L-R-S-C. And, uh, yeah, tune in, download, listen in. If you like what you heard, please leave us a uh, five-star review on iTunes. We're on iTunes. Yeah. Gotta if you love don't it. like what you heard, don't leave a review. Please just tweet at us, tell us what you didn't like, and we'll try to fix it, make it better for you. Sounds good. Uh, all right, so we're good to go. All right. For Anthony, I'm DeQuincy. Later, babies. <laughs>